have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods, and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected through this book is sure to come calling for me. A video nasty, 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 a video nasty. Hello and welcome to It's a Nasty World, the podcast all about censored cinema and the video nasties. Needless to say, this conversation we're about to have will include topics of sexual assault murder gore violence and all sorts of other lurid content matter so you have been duly warned i am ashley mcnasty and i am elmo 415 and we are here to uh let's see present our first two films for our kind of inaugural episode yes and uh tonight we will be discussing both the evil dead and also the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, two classic horror films that also made the video nasty list. So we have decided to cover them for you tonight. Perfect. So let's see. We'll just do an order that we watched. Uh, we did Evil Dead first. Uh, I mean, like, what can we say? This this launched the careers of both Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. Yes, this is a this is a classic horror movie. I think it came out in. It was 81? 81, yes, 1981. From the original Evil Dead series, it uh, um, launched uh, after Evil Dead. There was Evil Dead 2, An Army of Darkness. And then a few years ago, there was a spinoff show called Ash vs. Evil Dead. And in 2013, there was also a remake of this movie. So, needless to say, the Evil Dead has a long legacy. And I mean, I think, to be fair, it's like... I mean, I don't think it was the first of these type of movies, but I think it is kind of like the quintessential Cabin in the Woods movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I think it was um, the entire series as a whole, it kind of uh, brought to us um, kind of a tongue-in-cheek style horror that the world had not seen yet. Now, you know, the concept of a, uh, a horror movie with humor has, you know, been... It, there's been many films directed, but when we go back to the year 1981, this was a fairly new concept to throw kind of this, you know, this certain amount of slapstick mixed with gore and just, and you know, this was um this was a wildly bloody, violent movie that was um you know it definitely pushed some boundaries for its time. I mean, it made the video nasty list. It had the X rating, which of course all X ratings turned into NC seventeen ratings. But yeah, this one, this one definitely makes it on the episode. Makes it on this episode because well, it definitely, it definitely ruffled some feathers with its content. I mean, I honestly, I think honestly, this. I mean, one scene in particular still definitely would. And this does hold a very interesting distinction on the video nasty list. I don't know if it's the only one, but it is one of the it is one of the few or only video nasty to actually have been removed from the list later on. Uh, yes, I was doing some research, and apparently the um, the Evil Dead series kind of satirical um, vision of horror got it. Um, 
got it later pulled off the uh, video nasties list. I think the um, I think the NC-17 rating still held, but it was off the video nasty list. Like you still had to be 17 or older to go see this movie. But um, I was actually looking a lot of debates on whether the uh, rating for the original Evil Dead movie it should still be rated NC-17 due to how many R-rated movies definitely. Um, uh, definitely outdo this movie in violence in this time, but I don't know. I don't see the point of changing it to... I don't see the point of honestly changing it to an R rating, particularly. I don't think that really matters any... I don't think that matters the way it used to. Yeah, very very interesting. It still maintains an NC-17 rating. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't... I think at this point in time, because this is not being shown in theaters you know, anymore, or if it is, it's, yeah, I don't think the NC-17 rating carries much weight with this film in particular, because I think after Showgirls came out, that was like the first movie that, you know, that got a NC-17 rating that basically made it verboten. It was, it was forbidden. Basically that pushed too many boundaries and NC-17 became marred the same way the X rating was marred. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically theaters would not show an nc-17 film after that so but at this point it, because evil dead's from 1981 it, it that doesn't really hold water anymore it's like it's, yeah it's also this is purely video rentals at this point so it's not really affecting that film in this way but uh yeah so i guess in the well let's actually get into the movie itself now all right. Yeah. So for those who haven't seen Evil Dead, the um, the premise is um, a group of a, a group of friends go into the woods and um, they go to a cabin that they've rented out. You know, just for some leisurely time. I don't know if they ever get too into the specifics on why they're there. It doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's very bare bones. It's just like, hey, we're going to a cabin in the woods. Hey, it's like. We either rented the place, or someone's uncle owns it, or who gives a shit? Because that's you know, we all know why we're here. They like this movie fucking gets off to a start. It they just go right into it. Creepy stuff happens immediately. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. The atmosphere gets dark immediately. Like you see the the little um one of those little chair swings hitting against the. Uh, against um, it's, against the house. And yeah, it's hitting against the house in an eerie way. You know, then, the rickety, the rickety bridge the car drives over is already breaking as they're driving over it. You know, it's like you already know. It's like okay, these guys are all fucked. Yeah, <laughs> and within the first few seconds, they almost get into a nasty car wreck. I mean, they survive, but yeah, the movie definitely starts out with a much uh, darker tone. <laughs> yeah, like they quickly go into the basement. They find you know you know whatever i forget what their book of the dead is called but it's basically the necronomicon it just yeah. you know the book bit of human flesh ancient evil you know writings within blah 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 you get it they you know play a recording says the magic words you know dead be- you know like the spirits of the dead begin to you know rise and possess the people of the house and what i kind of like about this one is that they don't really establish rules of possession and because it seemingly just happens to anyone there and at different times and there doesn't seem it just seems to be you are here when this you know when when the accursed words have been said therefore you are vulnerable to possession 
that is it. Yeah, there's really no exact rhyme or reason or any rules or playbook to why things happen. And if with, and I mean, we're obviously only going to talk about this movie, but that is a very reoccurring theme with all of the entire trilogy is that the um what's called in later movies the deadites which is you know not in they don't use that word in the one but you know i call them the deadites because i've seen all three of the movies but yeah there's they just they kind of can just do whatever the hell they want and there's not really a narrative on how to kill one really other than it seems to be rather difficult, other than maybe total dismemberment. I mean, that seems to be kind of the rule. But it then even ag- then, I mean, it's like. <laughs> but then again, it just seems like they'll either possess a household object or a tree or something, and it's almost like the evil just moves into something else once you've hacked up, hacked up one uh, deadite. Which, <laughs> to know. be fair, I do like this idea of it. It's like we're not gonna try to. We're really not even gonna try to explain anything here. All right, it's like it's. You know, bare bones plot. That's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And we're like, we're not going to get bogged down with lore or this kind of intense world building. We're just going to give you what you came here for. We're going to give you some good scares. We're going to give you some blood. And, you know, just kind of develop this like strange and eerie atmosphere in which, you know, anyone can get got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I guess that's pretty much the plot in a nutshell. I mean,. And- but just like, I mean, I guess even for this, this was uh, Sam Raimi's first proper film to get released. I guess stuff he had before was, you know, kind of either student films or short films. Yeah. And there was clear a, up a little bit of a, I've heard this a lot. People misinterpret either, you know, this was a student film that was shot for a very low budget. It's like, that's not true. Uh, it actually, you know, what did you have some studio yeah, financing there, behind it? Yeah. There was no student film. There was a, 30 I think it was like a 35 minute short film that's basically condenses the story of the evil dead that they um that they filmed to send for and I think yeah. it was filmed for $1600 which was still not that much even for the late 70s was still not not that high of a budget for a for no, a movie no no because they were using it to shop around to investors and yeah, that so, was and to get funding for an actual theatrical release yeah so there was no student film so that is a uh, that is definitely a rumor about the film that we have i feel like we have properly debunked that myth about the movie yeah and it's it's uh but to be fair it's like i, I kind of understand why people might think that just because you can tell this is definitely a low budget film oh yeah but they do a lot with it basically just through because obviously it's just they're shooting with very limited uh sets uh just you know they're making do with what they have but they do it really well like especially i noticed and this is like i think a trademark of sam raimi using a lot of uh pov shots kind of you know uh especially with like i know uh the one i guess dead who is trapped in the cellar who, you know, the cellar, and I love this too, that the cellar door, they chain it shut, but it can't get out of there, but it can still pop the door up and be seen and be visible. And you just like, you know, the first shots of it you really see, or you see like the creature's hands, you know, through it, just observing and watching the people up top. And, you know, they see it, it sees them, but there's nothing anyone can do. And I think it's like, that definitely establishes this, you know, horribly, you know, it's like, eerie and it doesn't let you the film doesn't let you rest 
I think um, now that we've gotten through the basics of the movie, we should talk about it, the movie being censored. You know, what made this a video nasty? What, what you know, well, I think... in short, let's just say the tree rape scene. That's right. Early on, one of the characters flees the house uh, because creepy shit's going on, runs through the forest, and... Uh, is grabbed by vines and tree branches and sexually assaulted by them. Yeah, I yeah, I can't think of yeah, and as I've done my research, um a lot of the uh, criticism of this movie was particularly in that scene cuz like yeah, it's an extremely gory movie. I mean, there were there were definitely scenes that are still you know, still give you some of that that icky, cringy feeling through the through the gore and the effects. But I mean, yeah, I mean buckets and buckets of blood. Yeah, very, very violent. A lot of blood. Yeah. yeah so this like, is a, just pouring blood all over the place. Interestingly enough, I was um, I was reading into the uh, controversy of this movie, and apparently Sam Raimi actually regrets the. Um, the uh, tree assault scene. So not only have the not only was that movie censored due to it, and I think probably one of the main reasons the movie still holds up the NC-17 rating, even though the remake actually kept an R rating and still kept the tree assault. I don't know. I guess different standards for different times. I guess I don't know. It's possible. True. I haven't seen the remake, so I honestly can't judge it. Um, but it's. Yeah, I would say, yeah, that uh, that scene in particular, like, well, I will say this about the scene. Like Birth of a Nation is technically impressive, but very fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's like, because once they, it's like, okay, you know, credit or credit's due. The, you know, like the visual effects, the practical effects in this are amazing. And in that scene in particular, it's very well done. Also to a pretty fucked up purpose. So I just like I, I can't really defend the scene. Yeah, and I mean honestly, if the uh, if the creator of the movie is disowning it, who like even oh. even the even me as the biggest Evil Dead fan, if he if he can't even defend it, why should I? If yeah, he can't right. even I mean, like if if yeah. he can't even you know if he doesn't have a statement in his own defense of the scene like. You know, I mean, his fans should probably disown the scene too. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like, I think it's it's one thing to you like you can enjoy a movie without enjoying every part of the movie. Yeah, and without also trying to like you know call for the censorship of a film. But I think it is one of those things where it's like, okay, listen, we just like, I don't know, we can we can leave. You know, it's like we can enjoy this, but we can also leave some of the dirtier parts of the past in the past. You know, we don't need to like continue to you know, hold this whole thing up as this an amazing thing. I mean, you know, cause I know it's, I guess also maybe transitioning off of this. It's like, cause I would say in terms of the evil dead ones, I think evil dead two is a bit, I mean, not that I didn't enjoy this film, but evil dead two is a better movie. I think. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, there's a bigger budget. It's basically a remake of evil dead one. It's more fun. They've kind of upped like the weird humor of it. And you know, it, it definitely, the satirical elements definitely come through a lot clearer. And, but you know, it's like obviously that movie didn't make the list, so we're not talking about it. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I think this movie. Um, I think also uh, the last thing I'm gonna say about the um, about the uh, the tree assault is that you know I've never heard 
of any Evil Dead fanatics like me, I am definitely like, you know, I've got I've got an Evil Dead shirt, I've gotten the Blu-rays and stuff, but I've never heard anyone talk about how great the tree scene was, you know? Yeah, it's right. like that's not what we're here for. We're here no, everyone's for like Bruce Campbell killing some deadites and then yeah. in the sequels saying really cool shit while he cuts up the deadites. And that is the core yeah, of these movies. Yeah, to like... watch Bruce Campbell kill some Kill some fucking zombie deadites, yeah, and do it. People are here for you, dead before dawn, dead before dawn. You know, it's like Mm. people are there for that. They're here for the chainsaw arm, buckets of blood. It's like, yeah, we can, uh, we can, we can leave the tree rape. We can, yeah, we can uh, leave that in the past. I'm not sure why the remake decided to keep it, but. Oh, well. Because the year was 2013 and Me Too hadn't happened yet. Uh, Let's uh, be honest. Yeah, I I guess that's a that's Now, on from a film about assaulting women to to another film about assaulting women. (laughs) Where the main point of it is that. But, um, although, I think, yeah, I mean, some men die in this movie. Actually, to be be fair, I believe it is an equal number of men and women are killed in the film. But at the same time, I think it's like... For about half the movie, you get to be treated to the utterly horrifying screams of what ends up becoming the final girl. Yeah, yeah. And um, the next movie we're about to um, talk about is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, another another movie that was on the Video Nasties list that... Um, that I would say that the censorship board was a lot more harsh on because in many countries, like it had been banned, it got banned in Canada, the UK, there was a period it was banned in Australia. Like this Texas Chainsaw Massacre was banned a lot of places. It was, you know, it it really did go beyond the, just the, um, you know, just uh, offending the censorship board of the video nasty labels. Yeah, yeah because uh, it's, I guess it is important to say we actually haven't really introduced exactly what the video nasties were. Um, so let me just do a quick little thing. Basically, there was a list of long uh, movies that were banned in the UK uh, and could not be legally sold on videotape. Otherwise, you ran the risk of getting prosecuted if you sold them. Uh, so getting that out of the way, we might go into a little bit more depth in a later episode about exactly how it went down. But, uh, yeah, basically when home video came out, there was a huge moral panic about it because you could just get whatever from wherever. Uh, but so also uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre ran into rating issues in the United States, too, because originally uh, Toby Hooper, the director, was hoping to go for a uh, to get a PG rating. And of course, to be <laughs> fair, this is the 70s. PG-13 does not exist as a rating. All right. It was G, PG, R and X. So basically he was hoping to get for he was hoping to go for a PG-13 rating and or no sorry a PG rating because he doesn't act there's no actual on-screen gore in the film there's heavy implications of it there is you know leather faces of course of menacing people with chainsaws and stuff and there's heavily implied gore but they never actually show a chainsaw going into anyone's body they never show there's never really a lot of there's not really a lot of blood in the film uh, it, it's, it is kind of like Halloween, you know, kind of John Carpenter's Halloween that there's, there's very little actual on-screen gore, but because of the overall tone of it and just like 
kind of how gross and grisly it is. I, I believe it was it, it did a, it garnered a was it an X or an R rating. Well, I think it actually originally it was slapped with an X, and then they had to they do some it? they had to do some cuts to make it rated R. Yeah, they, I, just to get I, down to an R. Yeah. I wonder how shocked he was when he tried to push this PG movie, and then they just give it an X rating. But like, I just. The idea of him even trying to push this movie as a concept, as a PG rating, seems kind of insane to me. Even PG-13, because if you think about the events of this movie, they're loosely based on the crimes of real-life cannibalistic killer Ed Gein. They have somebody wielding a chainsaw, wearing people's faces. There's actually... um, The set decorations is like actual human bones and dead animals like there's nothing about this movie that i would think yeah i oh yeah i'll I'll rent that for my kids maybe that'll be a good like you know that'd be a good good halloween watch for a for a 10 year old (laughs) yeah right i mean i would say also to slightly qualify this uh, another movie that i believe still maintains a pg rating is monty python and the holy grail which like, oh, yeah, of course, it's a comedy film. Well, I mean, they also, they straight up talk about oral sex in that film. They have, you know, I pres- they say shit a few times, which you know, I think back before, like, the year 2000 or something, you kind of, you couldn't, yeah, if you said shit, that would just immediately get you a PG-13 rating. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that film also has, like, multiple decapitations, uh dismemberment lots of blood in it actually uh for what it is and it maintains a pg rating so just and to be fair i believe that movie also came out in 1975 a year after texas chainsaw so that's just to kind of put it what was a pg movie at the time (laughs) monty python hashtag cancel don't show this to children I'm pretty sure I saw Monty Python in the Holy Grail before I was 10. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of these video nasties I saw way too young. Uh, video stores were a very interesting time to be a young boy. I just got to say that. Which is, it's very interesting too, because I would say you have a very long history with the horror genre, whereas my history with it is relatively recent. Like, I only really started watching horror movies, like, in my later years of college. Like... Mm. I mean, which I guess was, well, yeah, geez, I'm starting to date myself now. Probably around 2015 where I was like, okay, oh my God, this is like the scariest thing in the world, but okay, I'm going to watch the Babadook and just remind myself, it's a metaphor for grief. It's a metaphor for grief. <laughs> and it's like, okay, now it's like not even scary. I mean, to be fair, that movie's still scary. But hey, back to Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. I will say Texas Chainsaw, it's like, I had this idea of what this film was in my mind. I thought it was just kind of another schlocky uh kind of slasher film but you know as i actually got in and watched it it's like it becomes very clear that oh this is actually a pretty well-made film from a technical perspective like the way it's edited the way it's cut like even just how it starts off it doesn't start off the way a typical horror movie would you know it's like a couple you know it's a bunch of hippies going through you know van in texas it's clear they're looking for like their grand like an old graveyard where their grandfather may have been buried and then maybe looking for his old house and it just establishes this really odd and eerie mood that it's it's kind of hard to exactly put your finger on what exactly is wrong with this situation but it's not you know it's very different from evil dead where it's like oh yeah these guys are gonna get killed if they go here you know it's <laughs> it's more just like they're just kind of exploring kind of this you know th- this very dry kind of uninhabited area 
Yeah, they seem like they seem like real people that like which I would say unlike regular slasher movies where they they make most of the the characters really hateable and kind of unrealistic so you get really excited to see them get killed. It's okay that they die. Yeah. It's okay that they die. You don't really get no, that No, no, no. It's it's fine. Here's the listen, I get that the guy's, you know, having his throat ripped out, but you know, he was really verbally abusive earlier so it's fine. Yeah, it's like in this case, like no, they mostly seem like they're okay people, you know. It's but yeah, and they just stumble into a horrible situation. Yeah, like there's, yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't give you that Friday the Thirteenth. I'm waiting for them to die. In fact, there was, there's, you know, it's um one of those horror movies where I'm rooting for the safety of the protagonist, you know, yeah. which, which makes a movie way scarier and the the villains and the 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 killers of this movie you know one thing that this movie does really well is you you first think it's like um a slasher with like one crazy guy with a chainsaw just coming at everybody and that's where at the beginning the first time you watch it you think like you're getting into the slasher movie and then when the uh, twist um the the twist comes around you realize that the entire town is in on it and there are in or, a, or at least the, this one, the people at this one gas station are all in on it. Yeah, but I mean, the reason I say the whole town is in on it, it's like, this is like one of those towns where there's like not more than 20 people. So if like yeah, 10 right. people are in on it, that's pretty much <laughs> like everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, cause, yeah, it is like, well, I think it also that's also an interesting theme from what I've been kind of reading up on is there are like a lot of social themes in this film that kind of go under the radar uh well for one like the you know this is one of the first films that marketed itself as this is based upon a true story this is you know based on real events mm-hmm. and i guess uh that's been said about like the fact that you know it's like they knew it wasn't really based on true stories it was loosely based on ed gein's murders but uh toby hooper included that in the film because they felt the uh the government had lied about Vietnam, the government had lied about Watergate, so they felt this intense institutional distrust. And so they felt, well, you know what, we should kind of include this in kind of our own subtle way in the film. You know, we'll say this is true. It's not. It's BS. Yeah, and um honestly, like I I saw this as a kid. Most of these movies I saw as a kid. I remember I remember the uh, intro is like the description. It's it's very it's very convincing. You know, it's very like like if you d- like if you just turn this on not knowing what it was, you know, you might and had never heard of the movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's something really eerie about yeah. just the the verbal intro. It really yeah. sets this sets this dark tone. And then the first shot of like the corpse hanging, you know, just kind of being hung out to dry in the yeah with like the kind of the kinda, reddish film. To, yeah, it's, it's just done this strange like are almost like quasi artistic tableau of like these two these two corpses like mounted on like I think a larger gravestone and or or fence post or something like that. It's in a graveyard, right? Yeah. But and, and um so in your opinion, um if you were to assess cuz we um Evil Dead was very ten, is very simple to narrow down why it was banned, but I feel like I feel like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre there might be a little bit more more to it being banned than maybe just one to two scenes. Uh, I mean, I'm to boil I, I, boiling it down I, I think, that simply. I think we can 
here's what actually I think I can boil this down very simply. Very okay? simply, all right. Very simply. Here's that. They banned the film because the film was called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They tell you exactly what's going on in the title of the film, and then I think it's just like the overall tone of the film, the fact that yeah, it's like the villain of the film is you know like a huge man wearing a human skin mask chasing you know chasing this poor girl around with a chainsaw i think that's why this film got banned <laughs> yeah well i mean well th another thing i was um i was i was thinking about about this being banned too is that there's not actually a lot of on-screen gore and it's kind of interesting that the, that a movie that was directed literally to get a PG rating turned out to be banned because you know there's no there's actually there's there's not a lot of on-screen violence there's not nudity there's not cursing I don't think there was even any swearing in this movie so oh, if you yeah, you're right if you think about it that's why I'd say that that's why I say that there is some complexities to um to this movie being banned and that actually brings up another what the point you made is very good because it brings up the fact that a lot of these movies were actually banned based on their movie posters, their titles, and the imagery. So you are correct in that, but it is it is very interesting that this one, this one that was written with minimal, showing minimal violence, no cursing, no on-screen nudity, not even any sex, gets completely banned in several countries is uh, very interesting. So I but, think it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, it's... Although I would say, even though as much as this film was banned, it did not hurt it in the box office. This thing made fucking bank. I think the, the budget of this was estimated between... Uh, eight hundred thousand and four and a hundred and forty thousand dollars pulled in um thirty point nine million dollars and this is nineteen seventy four dollars too so this thing definitely this it it certainly like in spite of all the controversy around it that would basically prevent it from being shown uh it was you know it was a huge uh financial success and actually this is pretty crazy i was speaking of it being banned and actually the canadian banning of the film is very interesting i read an article uh newspaper article from the time that basically had it straight up said canadian morality police <laughs> came in and visited a a movie theater uh, telling the theater, uh, telling the theater owners, you need to pull this film, otherwise, uh, otherwise we could bring legal action upon you for violating, you know, public morals, essentially. <laughs> which I guess, back in the '70s, Canada had something like that. And well, I guess at that point they were technically still part of uh, Britain at the point. At yeah. Then, but uh, it was so I don't know how things have changed in Canada since then. But it it, it was it's rather interesting that it's like, oh, this. They actually did come and try and shut this down. Although it was noted that in the article, though, apparently they came at the second to last day of the run in that film's theater. So yeah. it's like they could have just said nothing and it will have gone out of theaters anyways. <laughs> yeah. You know, rewatching this movie after doing my research has kind of brought another level of horrifying to this movie because uh, before I started doing my research for for you know Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre for this uh, current uh, podcast we're doing at the moment, um, you know I was looking into it and a lot of the um, 
the horrifying things that happen just during the filming, like they're like the uh, inhumane conditions that they that they were forced to work in. They were they um you know they weren't allowed to to wash any of the clothes. They wanted to keep consistency in the gritty look. I mean the the house they go in that's uh, got dead animals and actual human bones in it. I mean that just well, they're adds... real dead animals in the sweltering Texas sun. So these things are all rotting basically the entire time they're shooting in the house. It's like, yeah, it's, it's very oppressive. They said, didn't you say, uh, every cast member got hurt on the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of them was, um, one of them was intentionally the rest. I know were accidents on set. Cause they didn't really yeah, they, have safety they said when they cut. Yeah. They cut one of the actress's fingers to have like, you know, the old man suck blood out of her finger that apparently that was a real cut. That was real. Um, yeah, I might have nightmares just knowing that that scene was real, as if the movie itself didn't scare scare me to death as a child. Now I'm probably going to have nightmares about fingers being cut open, because that's, that's a very unsettling feeling that they would actually... Because, I don't know, I can't imagine... Like, if I'm making a creative project, I, the last thing I would, like... I don't know, as somebody who does creative projects and has music videos, the last thing I would ever want is somebody to get hurt on the set of something, you know, that just, that's like, that's just nightmarish to me, in my own opinion. Oh, yeah, and I guess to add insult to injury is that apparently the actors got paid next to nothing for this film and saw very, very little return uh, for the work they did, uh, which is rather unfortunate. Yeah, and I might not have all my facts. Um, you know, I'm not qualified in anything. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a guy talking about no, horror. But we're not qualified in anything, which makes us perfectly qualified to be podcasters. Yes, very true. Um, yeah, so I was reading, and apparently one of the actors got only a t- after nine months of it in theaters, and as you said earlier, it killed it in the box office. One of the actors, nine months after it was raking in the dough, he got a $28 paycheck for his first royalty check. $28. Like, I can't imagine going through and... and I'd every- rather not get paid at all. <laughs> well, and apparently every single person on that set receive some type of physical injury like i don't like that's just that's just insane to me you know yeah i mean it's like i understand that you know they were kind of doing it on a lower budget you know it clearly was this you know much smaller production you know and sometimes you know you could some things you know injuries might happen and stuff and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate if any it could actually have been preventable but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you need, you definitely need some hazard pay. You need to get a little bit of extra moolah for going through anything like that. And, you know, I think at this point, it's like, for the most part, I would hope that a lot of filmmaking has become a bit safer about that. And I know at least within, like, kind of film discourse and discourse on film Twitter, kind of like, there has been a reevaluation of some older films, you know, that may have been very ambitious in what they were trying to do, but had rather unsafe working conditions and that are getting rather you know they get i think rightly criticized as a question but well how extreme do we need to actually be in order to make this film you know it's like could some of these things be done simpler and safer 
It's yeah, and I think this film would definitely fall into that category. But trust me, once we do Cannibal Holocaust, we're really gonna get into that. Yeah, that is um, that is uh, yeah, because as ba- as bad as the stuff we've talked about here, it kind of pales in comparison to some of the shit that went on the set of Cannibal Holocaust. So. Yeah, well, we, that will be that another will be episode. another episode. But yeah, yeah we'll uh, do we're Italian Cannibal films later. We're we're kind of we're kind of starting off our uh, first episode a little bit a uh, little bit uh on the lighter side because this all it only goes downhill from here you know these <laughs> these i mean these both were also they have a major fan yeah, major are, fan base these are um these are mainstream horror films yeah these are these are known films they're well made they have a lot of artistic merit um but I mean, later to be fair the speaking of artistic merit i, did, I am gonna cut you off for this the ending of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the final last minute of the film, it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Just like the, you know, like the final shots of it with the, or the last girl, you know, in the back of the pickup truck driving away, just screaming her head off. But it's like, and then Leatherface just whipping his chainsaw around in frustration, like at this like beautiful setting sun, like during the golden hour, like is legitimately amazing filmmaking and like just like an actual like very beautiful shot for what it is you know as horrifying as it is and yeah i definitely would say you have both of these films but i think texas chainsaw in particular had like do actually have serious artistic merit to them yeah Um, this will not be true of everything we watch (laughs) not at all but um and uh and uh, just quick fun fact about this movie: it was originally going to be called Head Cheese. I guess that's some kind of some kind of um, slaughterhouse term for meat that I don't think anyone would have understood. Because if I saw a poster of a movie called Head Cheese, I would think it's a comedy. I don't know. Just that sounds like an old like Jerry Martin, uh, a Jerry Lewis Dean Martin comedy. It's like Jerry Lewis and Head Cheese. Or, you know, it's like it, no, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the head cheese. <laughs> oh, I like that even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, head cheese would also that would have been that would have been really misleading. I, I could see somebody like mistaking head cheese for a comedy and also then just, just like, being traumatized. When I they could also just it. see someone saying like like just sifting through videos like like oh, back in the day when video stores actually existed. It's like head cheese. What the fuck? Or just like you know scrolling through a VOD thing, just like. Head cheese? No. What the fuck is that? Yeah, like, I'm not. No, I'm not gonna watch skip, head cheese. Skip. To be fair, I did see some. If I was at a video store back when those still existed, I did see something called head cheese on the shelf. I'd be like, hold up, hold up. The fuck is this? And then, just like, I mean, to be fair, if it was called head cheese and had the co- still had the cover, the poster of Texas Chainsaw on the front, I'd be like, um, hello, what's going on here? <laughs> But at yeah. the same time, yeah, sorry, if you just call your movie Hedgies, that's not going to... Yeah, yeah, it's not going to sell. To be fair, there, there is a poetry to the term Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It, yeah. it says everything you need to know. Well, imagine how misleading it would have been if the movie was called Hedgies and it was rated PG. I I could see some very big <laughs> mistakes being made here. Be like, that sounds wholesome. That sounds like a fun little comedy. Head cheese. Oh, it's only rated PG. Okay, cool. Yeah, just like, yeah, just definitely like, you know, 
basically absent-minded dad just yeah i got something called head cheese whatever throw it on kids i'm yeah. gonna go drink you know just like that kind of shit yeah, it's- <laughs> yeah. Oh, another fun fact um there are still some video stores in in the in the country they're usually in small towns but uh yeah. i know i mean to be fair i am being slightly hyperbolic when i say that but okay you know, we yeah. both grew up with video stores and then grew up and watched them all go away so. yeah uh, the, all the ones um i think there might be still one small there are some small video stores around but yeah the video store industry is nowhere near booming and barely existing but. that being said even though the video store video stores are gone we are kind of living in the golden age of home video in terms of the actual quality you can get like the stuff on blu-ray it's like it's never been better than it is before but at the same time kind of no one really cares because everything's streaming everything's streaming and to be fair it's a little more convenient to stream as opposed to go up put it in the disc put it in like watch the endless ads on it watch the fbi warnings it finally gets the thing like i get it on some level i get it but at the same time it's like yeah you're only gonna get the great special features and everything through the actual discs themselves so yeah yeah and uh, yeah so um yeah i don't know if there's too much else to say about this movie or the controversies and i think we've I think we've covered everything no, regarding... I think we got it down. Although, one last note I would like to add mm-hmm. uh, to... Actually, this is Evil Dead. Uh, the I believe there was something that Bruce Campbell says in the very beginning. He says something about, like, you know, in the words of uh, my good Greek friend, and then he utters a Greek phrase, and that actually springs off the first kind of mini-possession uh, of the film. And I would like to say, because... Uh, Greek is considered a sacred language within the Orthodox Church. Uh, I would say this film technically posits that the Orthodox Church actually is the correct and true way of God. Uh, unlike most films that posit, oh, Catholic Church rules. So, in its own way, yeah, okay, this this film's down with, uh, clearly, uh, we know which uh, side of the schism this film's butter is, uh, is bread is buttered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, um... Didn't see that coming? Watch it. Trust me, I can make these stretches all day. <laughs> I I was about to make some, start spewing off some uh, Bruce Campbell quotes, but like most of them are from the other movies, so I'm not gonna mislead everyone with that. You're not, unfortunate. The one downside to Evil Dead, if there is, well, yeah, there's there's definitely some things wrong, but. Yeah, you don't like watch Evil There's Dead no Two. Yeah, well, it, watch Evil Dead Two to hear Bruce Campbell say cool things. Cause I actually watched the Evil Dead series backwards from Army of Darkness and Evil Dead. I was like, when's he gonna say something cool? And then he never really does. Nope, nope. They chose the they chose Evil Dead Two to like no no no. Let's really pump the gas on this one. Yeah, and that's where you get Bruce Campbell and his. Bruce Campbell essence. No, that's true. That, that, that's the one that really made him. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But, okay, so I think, you know, I think we're good for now. And uh, I think if everything goes according to plan, we should have this out in Halloween. So, happy Halloween and great deals de los muertos. Stay nasty. Stay nasty.